0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host Steve Malk and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as an investigative humorist and media polymath, formerly Hungry Beast, (laughs) Ronnie Johns, Irrational Fear, Can of Worms at AJ+. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Dan Illick. Uh, thank you, Malky. Now, let me ask you
1: this. Uh, are you going to mm. add interesting music underneath that intro? I feel like I need some sort of orchestral sort of um, uh, uh, charge underneath that intro. That was such a good intro. Um, I, I feel like I don't have, I don't, I don't feel very opinionated today, but I can I can give you, I can. all I can do is tell you what I know.
0: And, and that's all we want to know Dan in social settings how do you introduce yourself
1: i i I have started to say that I'm a video strategist because um, it's getting to the point where saying I'm a comedian and people haven't heard of me uh, it, it mm. kind of gets a little bit embarrassing <laughs> people <laughs> people expect like people expect you to be really famous when you say that you're a comedian, um, mm. uh, but uh, I'm only I'm only probably a D grade celebrity at this point in my career. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't been that good at my, at being a comedian to um, go up the ranks. So um, I, don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's I think that's an interesting it's an interesting thing because you know what you say you are at a party really mm. define really rings true to your identity. Um, and so that's a, that's, that's a problem. I I think, I think if I met you at a party and I didn't know you, I think I would just say comedian. Um, it would be, even though, uh, it depends, you know, it depends on, I'm different, I'm different people at different parties. I I think, I think, yeah, I think that's the answer. I'm different people at different parties. It depends on the party. (laughs) Let's go with that. Wow. Uh, I'm I'm thinking, I'm thinking things out. I'm thinking of it out loud. I'm actually doing the process of thinking about it while I talk to you. So uh, if you ask me the question again, I'll give it to you cleanly and go ask me the question. How do you
0: introduce yourself, Dan?
1: Well, it depends what party we're talking about. I'm different. I'm a different person at different parties. There we go.
0: <laughs> this process is so uh, – it's always interesting. I find it so insightful to hear, to hear how people think. Uh, quite often, uh, some people internalise it. People like yourself externalise it. Has that thinking out loud process uh, ever got you in a pickle?
1: Yeah, it does all the time. Um, Basically, I think out loud all the time, and that makes me uh, incredibly transparent. So everybody knows what move I'm going to make. Regardless, (laughs) Regardless, <laughs> so they can see me fucking coming a mile away because I've already spoken to three hundred people about the idea. I never, I, I'm not very good at politics. I would never be able to um, emotionally pull the strings of someone one way in order to see an outcome ten steps down the line. I just can't think that far ahead, and mm-hmm. uh, that, that's why I'm just incredibly transparent. And uh, all I can do is is say what I'm thinking at that point in time, and then and tell everyone where I want to go and try and ho- ho- hopefully trust in human humanity to help me get to where I need to go.
0: <laughs> what do you find or what do you lean on as a source of strength? Uh,
1: that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that, quite frankly. Mm. Uh, I find that uh, it's different things at different times. You know, It depends, how, sure. depends where... I am fragile at that point in time. It depends where the Achilles is being nudged um, Mm. at that point in time. Um, Yeah, I I was very lucky. Uh, I'm very lucky to have good friends and good peers, but also Mm. um, wonderful mentors to get me through tough times. And I'm especially lucky for... Um, my girlfriend who I've only, uh, I haven't really had a girlfriend before. So uh, she and I have been together for two years and she's, she's really uh, excellent. She's, she's great. And, and knows exactly, exactly what to say to make me feel better. She's wonderful. So it, it just depends on, it just depends on where I am and what I'm doing at that point in time. Um, but um, I also try to, I also try and keep an ear out for other people and, particularly people who are in this kind of creative world that we'll work in um, and see where they're down and try and just be there for them, knowing that if someone is uh, an exceptional talent but they're just getting a few blocks in their careers that I'll just tap them on the shoulder and just say, hey, you know, you're you know you're know really good. You know, you just need to keep doing what you're doing and, and something will happen for you. Um, you know, and I, I'll, I'll always try and, you know, keep an eye out for someone like that. And there's, there's certainly lots of people in that community who, you know, I, I just want to make sure they succeed as well. So we all look after each other in this world, in our, in our small little group. It's good.
0: Mm. You've been really integral uh, in supporting or encouraging a lot of, uh, you know, your contemporaries now through things like Irrational Fear uh, and, and those kinds of um, <laughs> really great uh you know moments video stage whatever it is however it's performed do you who do you count as the people that have provided you with those kinds of nudges or opportunities
1: oh people who've looked after my career and and brought me into the fold um yeah straight away um there's there's been a few at different stages and that's kind of that's kind of interesting and i think we all have that in our worlds um no matter if you're a if you're a, if you're an air conditioner installer, or you're a mechanic, or or mm. you're you're a ballerina, or you're a teacher, we all have uh, people in our worlds that help us get to the next level, and um I can and I know them so well these people and they are really important to me. Um, uh, the first one that comes to mind is a guy called Rob Lang. He was a he was a, uh, a producer at a show I used to do in, in Sydney called the Cumberland Gang Show. It was a scout and guy production, and he really looked after me when I was in cast because I I, I wasn't really good at meeting new. I was a bit shy when I was young, and so he mm-hmm. he paired me up with um another young performer who I became really good friends with, and made and he made it he made it that that kid's job, Sean, to look after me, uh, and I <laughs> really remember that as a young, as a young kid, I must've been like 10 or 12 at the time. I was very young. And then a couple of years later, I got asked to be a part of the production team. Like, so in the space of two years, I kind of um, blossomed into this extraordinary extrovert where nothing, (laughs) nothing could stop me. And I think part of that was that very early, very early, um, uh intervention from rob and then rob um guided me through my teens working on production team to and i got to see how a big show like that was put together and how teams work and how teams work who uh how you can get um great outcomes out of people who are doing things for nothing and Mm. that was that was particularly interesting so learning how to work with teams that encourage large groups of people for their best work um uh, and you, you kind of have to, when you're managing a team like that, you kind of have to accept whatever they give you, but there are, there are things where you can kind of, you can put systems in place to make sure that, you know, you're getting the best work out of them. And that's that was really interesting to me. And so I think from that moment I, I became more of a producer-director uh, as well as someone on stage. So, you know, being able to do both things really interests me. And then the next level... Um, in terms of uh, going places with comedy, would have been working with a guy called Chris McDonald, who a lot of comedians know. He is a uh, incredibly successful comedy producer, but back when I knew him, he was mm. a absolutely hilarious uh drunkard at the macquarie university bar uh, and he was a comedy writer and a comedy performer and he his writing is still funny today i'm friends oh. with him i'm friends with him on facebook and he makes me laugh every day when i see his updates like and he he were he was at macquarie university with heath franklin james pender and i and he got us into our first comedy festival show um and he was someone who looked after me and said well he kind of had a, had an idea of what he wanted to do um he had a very strong vision about pulling together uh university students all over sydney and putting on a best of the review show down in melbourne and that show eventually became the third degree um, which, mm. which went down to melbourne about three years in a row and then that show then in turn turned into the ronnie johns half hour so it was um right you know it was cool to kind of uh hang with those guys and it, it's very startup uh, kind of comedy phase when we look at it back then we were just uni kids that dressed badly and drank a lot of beer and ate a lot of wedges and and salsa so we we didn't really know what we were doing <laughs> so we just had an idea that we all wanted to be funny and we all um uh went to melbourne uh, and stayed in backpackers and put on shows so that was like the next level. And then uh, after that I was, I was very lucky to kind of get in show business through that route and um, I've had great uh, producers and people that looked after me uh, including a woman called Doff Dickinson who, is a, who worked in marketing and advertising. I always, she was a wonderful film person who worked in ads and I always asked her for advice and um, she's excellent. And uh, Anna Bateman, who's a producer, TV producer, she's one of my mm-hmm. um, uh, TV producers. She produced Can of Worms. She was always incredibly encouraging and one just a wonderful woman who, who really wanted me to do more um, all the time. Um, Andrew Denton, of course. I was so lucky to work with him and John Casimir. And mm-hmm. Anita Jacoby, at, um, at at Zapruda, those guys are really great. Nick Murray is probably one of my favourites, though. He uh, he's a producer from a company called Jigsaw, which became later became Cordell Jigsaw Productions, and mm. then is now Cordell Jigsaw Zapruda. And Nick Murray is a character, uh, <laughs> and he is a wonderful man who's very opinionated and hilarious. And I, to this day, I cannot believe he's not. Uh, in front of the camera because he is just so funny. And there was one other man um, who died this year uh, and his name was John Pinder. And John Pinder mm-hmm. uh, was the impresario of Australian comedy. He started things like the Melbourne Comedy Festival. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, <laughs> um, the Sydney Comedy Festival, the World's Funniest Island, um, The Last Laugh... Uh, the comedy not ringing Kyle. any bells, Dan. Yeah, yeah. He he started all these things, and to the point where he's such a comedy nerd that he's a New Zealander. Uh, initially, when Monty Python, or rather the Cambridge uh, Circus, uh, sorry, the Oxford Circus, I think. Oh no, I think it was Cambridge Circus. Cambridge Circus toured to New York. And the only other place they toured in the world was to Auckland. (laughs) When they went to New York (laughs) and Auckland, he was the one that raised the curtain for Monty Python um, in Auckland. And uh, John had cancer and passed away last year. And uh, that was particularly sad because he was such a force in Australian comedy. And, uh, and, and, to, to this day, uh, is someone who I still think about all the time. He's wonderful. So uh, I've been very lucky in that um, I've had these people uh, look after me. Now, the thing is, as you get older, um, uh, I'm now 33. I now have to <laughs> – I'm still looking for these people uh, who who – who i i try to impress but they're harder and harder to find uh so so um it's uh it's just one of those things where oh oh you kind of you kind of realize that oh shit i'm the adult in the room now i need to i need to be uh performing at my peak the only the only person who's accountable for this work is going to be me fuck the work better be good so <laughs> it's it, it's one of those things where you start to you start to uh take over the role you role of being a mentor and I think it's really nice to have mentors and mentees throughout your career um so either side of you so right now like uh I I don't say I have anyone who I officially mentee I don't have any official mentees rather but I do have you know there's a handful of young comedians who I like to keep an eye on and make sure um they're getting breaks where they need them um because you know they deserve them
0: when you work with people and you're the guy that Whose name's on the bottom of the, the sheet? How do you get the best out of them? What do you mean? If you're, like, say, you, we're putting together a show for a rational fear, uh, and you're integral to not only yeah. the writing process, producing those sorts of things, how do you motivate the team? How do you make sure that they're giving you their best gags, their best moments?
1: uh well it's one of those things with a rational fear when we were doing the big shows um, those shows I tried to instill a spirit that this show because it's only once a month this show is going to be really important and mm. when you bring a plate when you bring your plate to this table I want your plate to be full and spicy and <laughs> uh, I want I want you to think about uh how impactful you can be and and some people when they put on comedy shows they say yeah we're having a comedy show can you come by do 10 minutes um but if i was doing irrational fear i would say i I, I would demand i would set an expectation that um for particularly for the irrational fear live shows that what they bring be great um Mm. and uh, there's one big standout moment for me one of the best things one of the best monologues from someone from irrational fear was a Sydney comedian called Nina Oyama, and mm-hmm. she she did a great bit. She was nineteen at the time, and um, she said, "Oh, Dan, I'm thinking about doing uh, a piece on on how I'm I'm nineteen, and now it's legally my right to get trashed, and all <laughs> this talk about all this talk about." binge drinking is just crazy because uh, I'm 19, I'm an adult, If I, I want to get trashed if I want it, And I was like, that is great, of course, go mm-hmm. for it. And when she got up, she stormed through her mono, the crowd loved it and she just demolished. She was the highlight of the show. Um, so it was one of those things where it, it thrilled me to bits that I could put her on stage next to someone like Will Anderson and, um, and and she could have like a really great moment in front of a full crowd at the FBI social, and mm. um, when we filmed it, popped it online as well. So you know, it's just cool. It's just cool to have those, be able to do that. I, I get a massive thrill out of out of stuff like that. So for rational fear, whenever I'm making something, and I'm in, I'm in charge of running the show, I will demand a certain level of a certain standard. And right now, I'm working. Um, I'm working for a big media company working on their video, working in their video department trying to um, instill them um, the spirit of making quality things for their audience. And it's, it's the same thing. It's basically setting the bar. You know, someone has to set the bar. Someone has to say, look, what we're doing is okay. What we need to do is something a lot better than what we're doing. We need to think about our audience, how best can we serve our audience, Let's think about the value we're providing. Let's try and provide as much value as possible. And so by having those conversations, um, they're often conversations in businesses like that that people may have never heard before. You know, the, the leadership may you know, may not have ever focused on something like that. They'll be looking at numbers and number of videos and blah, blah, blah. But to kind of have those conversations where you're all of a sudden talking about um, what, the, what the world standard is and what where everybody else should be at, Um, and how we should not look at our competitors in the local market but look about what's happening globally and things like that that's a really exciting moment where you can see everyone's energy change and Mm. you know you know you can see them all of a sudden try at their jobs and and that's really exciting (laughs) to me it's like it's like come on guys like you know you have this awesome platform let's try and you know make it even better let's try and uh you know do something great so regard whether it's working on on stage in front of 40 people or in front of 50 people at a rational fear or you've got tens of thousands of people watching your content uh watching what you're what you're creating uh i think it's important to to try hard and make something good um and so that's that's what um you know that's what i'm that's 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 what i try and i think you know it depends you know Twitter, I don't try very hard. I just, you know, it's so throwaway, you know, the, but I do try and provide value in jokes when I, when, when, the time is, is right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's when I'm running a team, um, I really enjoy setting a challenge and I really enjoy finding out what people are good at and giving them license to be the best they can be. So mm-hmm. if I can find out if I can find out what they're good at, I can then um, exploit their desire for excellence,
0: <laughs> and <laughs> I can encourage great.
1: them. I can encourage them to run in a certain way. Um, and if they're not interested and they don't want to play, then that's one thing. But mm-hmm. if I can, if if I know they're hungry to do something, um, you know, someone might be someone might want to make documentaries. So I'll. I will look at them and go, oh, great, how can we get this person to make the best documentary? Or some of them I want to do comedy. I'll go, oh, great, how can I, how can I, when is there an opportunity that I can get that person to stop what they're doing and focus on something comedic? You know, I'll, I want to get everyone to give them a go I wanna, and, and give them a go at something they really want because if your heart is in it, you gonna have much more effect. If your heart is in your workers, you gonna have much more mm-hmm. effective workers. Um, Nick Hayden, who is the executive producer at The Feed, um, he is a extraordinary leader like that. He will he will um, demand a high standard of work um, on mm-hmm. the SBS TV show The Feed, and um, and he will work his staff to the bone, uh, and they pump out a TV show five nights a week of such high quality mm-hmm. that you you just don't see it on commercial television. You, you, the kind yeah. of stuff they're making is uh, is it touches the heart and the head, and it's smart and it's interesting and. It's the kind of it's it's like incredible television, and um, the team is is has been is run ragged, but the quality they make is extraordinary. And also, they're not at each other's throats. There is an also an extremely um, vibrant esprit de corps, like mm. the spirit the spirit of that show when you get to work on that show is incredible because everybody has a vision and a goal and everybody's working together. And I think that's really cool. And everyone's working at their best. And I think um, I, that's why I like working with Nick so much whenever I get the chance because, um, uh, because that team is such a great privilege to be a part of, uh, of, of that team. And it's a, it's a team of really talented people who are working at the, at the maximum capacity.
0: What's the hardest truth you've had to deliver? I don't know. That's a really good question.
1: Um, You know, it's... uh, I'm trying to think about that.
0: It's all right, take your time. I I will always,
1: when it comes to somebody's work, I will always ask them if they want my notes, Mm. I will say, do you want some notes? Let me know if you want notes. Um, If comedians invite me to their trial shows, I will email them and ask them if they want my notes. If they want my notes, I'll send them notes. Um, If uh, I'm working with a video team, um, I will ask them if they want notes. And if they want notes, I will sit down and just break down what might have been better. Um, and I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid of doing that. I kind of, I I kind of enjoy doing that. And I like, I like seeing people get better at their work. Um, I have intensely frank conversations with a producer I used to work with quite often about the backwards nature of that, of, of, uh, of their producing. So, Mm -hmm. um, this producer was a very cart before horse kind of person, and while everything got made and everything got made at a high level, the system of getting it made was incredibly stressful. So I don't work with this producer much anymore because of that. <laughs> but and I'm not I'm certainly not in a, I wasn't in a, I certainly wasn't in a position of power with him. Um, I was more an employee for him, so I was quite happy to give you know frank conversation that way. Um, and, and that's really hard because when you're good friends with someone, um, you don't want to criticize them, but also because I was good friends with this person or because I, I still am good friends with this person. I wanted them to operate better so that they don't embarrass themselves in the future. Um, that's really, you know, that was really important that for me to make sure that that person just did stuff the right way so that they could be seen to be professional and be taken seriously. Um, But, you know,
0: sometimes those messages are the hardest to hear, I think. Mm. You go about feedback in what sounds to me to be a very respectful way. You don't just offer it up, uh, you know, society generally will come up, oh, it was great, oh, this bit was shit, you know, whether or not the performer wants to hear it. Being respectful and asking, do you want notes? gives them that opportunity to say no i just wanted you to enjoy it or no well, i value your opinion and i'll take it
1: but also that's like um uh, that's also like the most professional the most professional comedians i've worked with and the, the big mm-hmm. ones i've worked with have done the same for me so it's nothing new like the the the, the people i trust most in in my world people i look up to mm-hmm. will come up will come up to me and go hey you know that joke I reckon if you did this, it would flip it and be really great, you know? And, you know, if, do you want me to, do you want me to give notes? If you do, I'd love to tell you. And like, it's so, it's nice. Like, um, Mm. and I think it's, I think it's kind of some, some comedians will come up and tell you what's wrong with everything all the time, which is great, which is fine. Um, and some will, um, solicit, will, you know, solicit you if you want, if, if you, if you, if you like to get notes from them and that, that Mm. I kind of like that. Um, and, but I also don't mind if people tell me what they think. I, I love it. I love I love criticism. I love criticism in all forms because um, I I hope at some point it makes me better. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's my place. You know, if they uh, if they are uh, if they are in my directly, if I'm if I'm in command of them or if I'm like their their boss or their producer, um, mm-hmm. I will I will kind of. I will kind of uh, give them criticism um, uh, uh, in a in a kind of in a pretty structured way, but if they're a friend I've seen or you know if I've got a great idea you know I will well, I I think it's I think it's good to to kind of ask if they if people want notes you know I don't sure I just don't you know I'm not I'm not there to because I don't know everything and I'm not very you know I'm not I'm not great. <laughs> so I, I don't actually have I don't have, I don't have many good ideas. <laughs> I'm actually I'm I think I'm I'm like one of the worst writers I know. The only way the only way it, it works for me is that um, I just work harder than everyone else. Um, or I have to work hard to kind of get get anything done. Um, but it's it's one of those things where you know I have some idea, but I don't have, I often don't have the best idea. And there are lots of people who are, are infinitely smarter than me. Um, who i surround myself with all the time so i'll i'll, I'll write something and i will ask for feedback as well so i'll i'll write a script and i'll i'll ask someone if they've got time to have a quick read of it before i go make it if they can think of anything else that that works so i'm i'm all i'm all for it i love feedback
0: doesn't surrounding yourself with some of the smartest people in that field or doing that thing doesn't that then make you just an inch smarter
1: uh, I like to think so, but sometimes when you are hanging around really smart people, um, you end up feeling like the dummy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think they'll mind me saying this, but you know, people like Alice Fraser is in, mm. is wonderful, uh, and Lewis Hobber yes. and James Collie. These are people who I love having having around when I or, or, and hanging out with, but they are just so smart and have got great brains and. I don't, I just, I feel outgunned a lot (laughs) of the time. If you put me between Alice Fraser and James Colley, I would be the weak one. I, and those brains are just incredible. Like,
0: you'll be the baloney in that sandwich.
1: I would be the baloney in that sandwich. Oh, I would, I would be like the whole egg mayonnaise. I wouldn't even (laughs) be anything of substance. There'd be nothing of substance. You could eat me, but it won't make you feel full. Yes. But then you know, there's also people I know who aren't as smart as me. <laughs> but I don't, I don't get I don't get I don't get pleasure out of being around uh, being around people who aren't as smart as me. <laughs> uh, I, like, I like I like I think being intimidated is my mode is my mo. I like being
0: intimidated. I feel comfortable. Why, why do you like being intimidated? Does it challenge you in some way?
1: I think, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head I think it's very challenging. Yeah I think you I think I work harder when I'm intimidated. Um, I think I try harder. I think I spend a bit more time thinking or uh, I do more diligence when I'm a little bit intimidated. Um, I had a job recently earlier this year where I kind of rocked up and and there was no there was no it sounds this sounds weird, but I got nervous because there was no one funnier than me in that office. Um, and I was, I was actually quite stressed out about it because I usually require uh, another funny brain to bounce off and get criticized by. Mm. Um, but then I just had to up the game and work harder and be diligent on my own material. So there were, I think there was that moment, you know, when I was talking about mentors before. As it comes mm-hmm. to a certain point, you've got to take responsibility and be diligent for your own
0: work. what can't you tolerate oh i can't
1: i i can't tolerate dumb ideas that are beyond my control mm. to fix I, I hate that i hate that if i if someone has a dumb idea they're making me do it <laughs> I, I hate that. Sometimes that's the compromise you make when you do stuff in showbiz because there's other ways, that there's there's other people who, who are off, often in charge of you if you're a comedian, you know, or if you're a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, so dumb ideas, yeah. People who don't know what they're doing but have authority to do it is intolerable.
0: And how do you sorry I was just gonna ask how do you operate in that situation then because we've all been there
1: I don't know you know, I think yeah I think we all have I think no matter what job you do or no matter where you're at um, you complain a lot um, hmm. but yeah I don't I don't know the answer to that um, i I you know there's TV shows that I've been offered to work on Mm -hmm. or that I've been asked to audition for or, but I wouldn't do it because I know the production team or the writing team. And I know the quality of what they make or rather the, the voice of what they make, the voice of what they output does not, does not sound nice to my ears. Uh so the quality might be there, but just what they make is not what I want to hear or what I think is good for an audience. And mm-hmm. that's that's a purely subjective thing, but I've said no to gigs because of that. And sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad, and you know um when the ultimate luxury is when you get to write the own your own words that come out of your mouth. Um or you get to work with friends who you trust. Yeah. Uh uh, or you, like with Hungry Beast, getting get thrown together by with a bunch of randoms who you have no idea, but it's just so crazy that it works. And by the end of it, you end up trusting everyone quite implicitly. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I've. It's been one of those, It's one of those things where, when given the opportunity to do stuff that, um, you know you're not going to enjoy, you can just say no. Uh, and just wait for the next train to come.
0: Have you missed that train?
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah, maybe. I've missed many. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think, I I don't know, two months ago I really felt like I got kicked off a train. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Um, this could be it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Steve. I don't know. I'm well,
0: gonna. I, keep, I I'm gonna.
1: I'm gonna keep going. I'm. I, I've, I'm gonna keep going at least for two more years. I'm gonna keep doing comedy for two more years, mm. and then I'll reassess because, um, yeah, it's really hard. It's hard. It's hard to keep. It's hard to keep get the ball in the air it's hard to keep keep hustling but i got home um from my job um that i had to leave and um uh and and it took me it took me about a month and a half of being angry before i could uh get back to work and then the last two months have been fantastic i've had Mm. all sorts of amazing opportunities that have blown my blown my mind over the last two months so Um, I feel very lucky in that regard. I I feel like I've worked really hard for them. Um, Mm. but also, um, I'm just trying to make sure that when I do get an opportunity that comes my way, I try and pour as much effort into it as I possibly can, um, in order to make up ground. But, um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like it was four steps forward, two steps back kind of thing this Mm -hmm. year, but we'll see what happens over the next two years, see what happens.
0: What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months?
1: I don't know. I have a a strategy. Mm. Do you want me to tell you my strategy?
0: (laughs) As much or as little of it as, as you want.
1: Right. My strategy is... Uh, My girlfriend is in London and I'm here. Mm. And so I'm going to go over to London to see her. And then from that, I'm going to, uh, from London, I'm going to try and figure out either how I can stay in London or how I can use London to get me back to New York City Mm -hmm. um, and work out of New York. So my strategy is to shore up uh, contacts and um, partnerships that I've had over the years that stretch across Three cities: London, New York, and Sydney, and make my way using those um, using those contacts to try and figure out uh, a route to creating comedy in New York um, for an international audience. So, um, and that and that that's going to be difficult. So that'll be like for um, for for a digital for an online idea so i'm just trying yes. to figure out i'm trying to figure out how to do all of that now it's a lot of figuring out you know it's like a lot of um positioning and trying to work out how i can be how i can add value to someone else how what what i can what can i deliver um for an audience but also what can i deliver for someone who's going to fund it and how can I find that money to make it happen? So, there's lots of different pieces to the puzzle. And to throw another thing in the mix, um, how can I, how can me and my girlfriend uh, exist together still? You know, and, and mm. she, you know she, she, she's getting of the age that she might, you know, maybe we we both we you know we both want kids. So it'll be something where, what, how long can we wait until? we do that and then how, if, if that happens, will that mean I need to take a regular media job with stability? Um, so I think I've got 24 months more of rolling the dice before I take that sweet, sweet media job
0: <laughs> in an office every day. Dan, you make it sound so sad.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, it. I mean, it, it, I mean, it is. <laughs> it is sad, but you know, I, I pity you, Steve Mark, with your little job
0: yeah.
1: right now. I... a right little consistent I, income with a little consistent income. You know, feeding your kids. You yeah. know, good on you. Paying the mortgage. Um, but it, I mean, I don't. What I, I went to. a I went to a funeral today, and um, for an old school friend. And what kind of struck me was, while I don't have any stability. And I don't have any money because of that. Um, the freedom I've had over the last five years with my career and the places I've, I've been and the people I've met have been extraordinary. And talking to my school friends, it's kind of like it's the opposite. You know, they have all the stability, they have all the money, mm. uh, they've got the houses, they've got three kids. You know, and it's it, and they're insanely they're in jealous they're jealous of my life. So what I'm my the greatest anxiety in my life is. Uh, no stability, no money, and wanting to start a family but not being able to, Uh, Mm -hmm. the greatest anxiety in their life is that they've been um, stuck in jobs uh, that they moderately like and have now have huge families. And (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's it's for different people. Um, The anxiety hits at a different time. So I'm sure there'll be a time where I settle down and I'm sure there'll be a time where they go footloose and fancy free. But it'll be... So there's equal... There's like that equal tension there on both our lives, but they come from the polar opposites. So it's not not exactly um, one way isn't good either or the, or either way. You know, like it's there'll always there'll always be tension, but you'll feel it in
0: different areas. Mm. Does that make sense? It does, Dan. Yes, you've always been someone who I found remarkable, Dan, because you're you're always ahead of the curve when it comes to the new thing or the, the digital comedy or the video something or the anything that comes out that is really well thought out, but really kind of a bit left of, I don't know how that was made. Your name is, is somewhere on that and I'm every time impressed. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I what? Well, not Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh,
1: I just kind of,
0: uh, I, I don't, I don't, what, what are you talking about? I don't. <laughs> well, I, I, Do I look at things or? like, I look at things like rational fear or I look at things like the, the video stuff that you've done for Get Up or, uh, you know, even back to Hungry Beast uh, and Ronnie John's, which were my first uh, experiences of your work. And I've always looked at you and go, man, I don't... he's so smart. Uh- <laughs> uh thanks i
1: think that's uh, i think that's um probably yeah I, I don't know uh yeah i don't know uh, i don't know i, I just kind of keep my eyes open and want to make sure that uh well I, I have a keen understanding of i have a keen i have a curious i have a curiosity that needs to be satiated when it comes to the new thing i want to mm. know how to do it? Who's doing it? Who's doing it well? And how do they do it? How they're making it? And so and that's why I really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed doing Rational Fear. That was kind of exciting. I didn't really know what we were doing. If I did it again, I'd do a lot of things differently. Um, I'd spend that money a lot leaner than we spent it. We put a whole stack of money on the screen, um, but I probably would have um, uh, spread that money more across a lot of a lot more cheap projects a lot more cheaper Mm. sketches um and then to go to aj plus was a pretty extraordinary privilege um to work at aj plus to figure out to go and see the experiment that they're running on such a huge scale um and seeing how digital audiences are being engaged in 2015 and just Mm. realizing myself that i don't watch tv anymore i hate tv i mean i don't hate tv i i just don't make time to sit down and watch it um Uh, I'm sure like a lot of people we watch stuff that we want to stream and uh, it's something I've been talking about for a long time something something I've been I've been doing talks on stage at social media conferences since 2008 on the death of television and the death Mm. of um DVDs and things like that and so it's um yeah it's kind of um it's I'm just always interested in knowing you know what's new what what people are getting excited about and right now I'm getting excited about um, mobile video. I think um, uh, mobile video is a really interesting thing. And I, I just ran a little experiment with the last Irrational Few video that I made where I did um, a video that was in landscape and a video that was in portrait. Um, and I released them both at the same time uh, on Facebook, on the Facebook platform for video okay. um, just so I could see which one would be more shared or viewed, um, and just kind of see who, seeing which which of those videos were more interesting to the audience. And so, the after four days, this happened about five days ago. So after four days, the vertical reach of the of the same video, which was released. Um, so let's never forget the times I released it. I released it on September the seventh. a horizontal video I released first at. Mm. Nine past six, then five minutes later, 15 past six, I released um, the vertical version of the same video. So -hmm. the vertical version of the video is great if you're on a mobile phone and you can watch Mm -hmm. it full screen and it looks beautiful and it takes up your entire mobile phone. You don't have to turn your phone. The -hmm. vertical reach compared to the horizontal reach. Horizontal numbers was around 25,000. The vertical numbers were around 35,000 a 30% further reach, according to Facebook. I don't know what a reach is. I assume it means um, made-up statistic that allows you to convince your clients that your work has been enjoyed <laughs> by more people than it actually has. Yeah, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a play. It's not a share. It's a reach. I don't know what a reach is. What I would like is a reach stat, and I'd also like a reach round stat uh, just to see <laughs> how, many people, how many people have wanked to your video. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see that, 30% more people viewed it on the mobile phone, or viewed the vertical video rather than horizontal video. Um, so that's um, that's that's telling of where we are um, right now for content, and that's telling of where we are in the battle between television and mobile phones, PC screens in landscape mode. I reckon would be the second screen. The first screen yep. is going to be your mobile phone, and just as mobile as mobile phones get larger. People are going to be consuming more and more content on them. So I think if I if I were to do a rational fear today, it mm. would all be vertical video, a hundred percent. We'd focus hundred percent wow. on vertical video, and um, which, I wouldn't which even is bother. a
0: huge shift, a huge shift to the way that we normally film things.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. And I would make that. I would make that point. I would. I would go out of my way to <laughs> I would begrudgingly in everything I'll begrudgingly forcing people I'll begrudgingly force the team to shoot everything vertically to think vertically to think yeah. about where the text sits on screen to really experiment with how uh, vertical video will work um, on mobile and where the eye will sit and how your attention span is going to work in that vertical space um, so yeah I mean I I love I mean I, lo- I love I you know I love that bullshit It's like, it's my nerdy fascination. Some people like Star Wars. I like media.
0: (laughs) It's just got me really thinking now about the practicalities of framing the shot and what's in it. Where All the stuff you just talked about is crazy, crazy. Dan. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing what you have with us. Uh, It's been a a great conversation. The the stuff that you've offered is very insightful. You're highly valued. And uh, I thank you very much for your time and for the things that you've said today.
1: No worries. I just hope I haven't missed that train. Now, you made me I'm, think about it.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you haven't. There's another one just coming down the tracks now.
1: <laughs>
0: thanks, Obviously, thanks, on Twitter. I hope this is useful to you and your audience. It, yeah, I'm sure it will I'm be. I'm on Twitter, Obviously at Dan Ellick. What other yep. social accounts do you want to own up to? Uh,
1: uh, I'm I've, I've slowly getting my Facebook, my public Facebook, more engaged. Um, mm. So um, Dan Ellick on Facebook, Dan Ellick on Twitter. Instagram, I've got strong Instagram game. It's not necessarily uh, funny, but it is strong. I do great morning photos.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> but uh, if you like pretty pictures, watch, follow me on Instagram. But um, Twitter is the main one. I have a lot of good combos on Twitter with all sorts of people. So, um, yeah, or you can email me, dan at com if you really want to, you know, get down and dirty. If you've got something longer than 140 characters to say, I'll read it.
0: So traditional. <laughs> This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Dan Illick is indeed human. (laughs) Thank you. And verify. Yeah. Oh, big tick.